Good morning, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mir, Alberta. Uh, we are in Ottawa, Ontario, and we were uh, heading to a restaurant to have some breakfast. And we realized that there's a group of people all in one place right now that we need to go and talk to. So we skipped our breakfast. But while we were there, uh, the family behind us bought breakfast for every trucker in the place. Amazing. Terrifying. Uh, the little boy that was with them, he even donated his allowance money to buy truckers breakfast. This is Canada. So, um, two things. First thing, we didn't get our breakfast. We skipped our breakfast because we're going to talk to some folks. And second thing, uh, somebody had called me last week and said that they wanted to buy uh, breakfast or lunch or whatever for people from a restaurant that's standing up for people's rights and freedoms. So before we left, uh, we left $1,000 there to buy breakfast for anybody, truckers, people in Ottawa, whatever. And from what they told me, there's a lot of that going on here. There's a lot of paying it forward, a lot of uh, giving, a lot of compassion, a lot of handshakes and hugs. So the only thing terrifying here in Ottawa today uh, is that the people are standing up and they're standing up for each other and when that happens the government's terrified so just want to let you know there's a restaurant on Wellington east of Parliament and if you happen to go in there um, we may have just bought you breakfast so have a wonderful day and we'll see you soon Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Muir, Alberta. Uh, I'm in Ottawa, Ontario. And actually, I should mention, I'm also chairman of the board of an organization called WS Full Steam Ahead. Uh, as I was wandering around Ottawa this morning, I just happened to bump into a group of very amazing people. So I figured uh, we'll take the opportunity to sit down and have a quick chat about who they are, why they're here, and uh, what they think about what's going on in Ottawa. So rather than me introducing everybody, um, I'm going to let them do it because they just do it way better than I do. And uh, why don't we start, we'll start over here with Mr. Maxime Bernier. Yes, I'm Maxime Bernier, I'm the leader of the People's Party of Canada, and I'm very pleased to be here to fight for what we believe. I'm Roy Byer, Executive Director with Taking Back Our Freedoms, and uh, we started this organization, organization about last November. And uh, yeah, we're just watching these truckers lead the way in the fight for freedom. And we all of us are here together to stand with them and stand together uh, in, in support of what they're asking for. These, these truckers are amazing. They didn't come here for, the, for them to be able to cross the border again. They came here and said, we're done. We're, we want all of these mandates gone, the emergency gone, and, and now they've awakened all of Canada, and we're so happy to be standing with them with taking back our freedoms. It's, it's not a negotiation. Uh, these are our freedoms, they're God-given freedoms, we're taking them back and our truckers are leading the way. 
Yeah, my name is Brian Peckford, and I'm chairman of the Take Back Our Freedoms organization. Pleased to be so. And I'm also, of course, uh, a former politician uh, who was involved with the negotiations leading to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Sadly, I'm the only First Minister still alive who was at those negotiations in 1981 and 1982. And therefore, I have a strong obligation to speak up on behalf of those First Ministers who passed away, who would be here with me today fighting for that Charter and for those rights and freedoms. And of course, I'm fighting as well for all Canadians whose rights and freedoms are now in jeopardy because governments have violated that very sacred Charter. And with the convoy coming together, that has crystallized the movement, uh, much more so than any one of us individuals could do, to make Canadians really understand and fundamentally understand that our democracy is in peril and we need to stand up now for those freedoms and for the liberty that every democracy genuinely and legitimately is supposed to have. If I could just add one thing. I consider him Canada's only true premier, and I know he says he's the former premier, but none of the others are deserving of that title. We all know that they are acting as tyrants, and so I still refer to him as Premier Brian Peckford, the only person in Canada deserving, in my opinion, of that title. He's an amazing hero. We love him, and all of Canada is discovering what an amazing a patriot is for Canada. So I just have to add that comment. Thank you. Yeah. That's the silver lining to this, is we, we've met some really, really amazing people mm -hmm. and seen some amazing things. And here's another one of them. Roger Hodkinson. I'm a pathologist from Edmonton, Alberta. Um, I'm here to support the convoy in essentially its common sense approach to all of this. Um, they're not medical specialists. You don't have to be a medical specialist, Chris, to appreciate what's going on here. It's, it's been obvious for two years. We, sh we should have let the general population handle this like they did a flu. And with a few embellishments here and there, particularly with older people and early treatment. But there was no need to shut down the global economy for something as essentially as trivial as this. So we're here to support truckers, giving them comfort that the medical information is there supporting their case. But I, I must say, um, I'm also here to let people know <clears throat> that the government is now your doctor. The government is now our doctor, yes. Oh wow, that's a scary thought. <laughs> it's yeah. a, that is a scary idea. Because the two principal medical ethics of first do no harm and informed consent have both been taken away from us by government. Rights that we had for centuries are now nowhere to be found. And what does that mean for the average patient going to see their doctor next week or next month if they know that two months ago they were lying to them. That doesn't bode well for medicine. It's a tough pill to swallow, no pun intended. <laughs> and it doesn't bode well for government taking over that role either. So it's, it's a terrible, terrible situation for medicine. It's going to take us a long time to recover from this. Um, Nice and loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for having me in this uh, this esteemed group. And I think, um, similar to Dr. Hodkinson, 
I, um, I decided to join Dr. Paul Alexander, and uh, my background is in evidence-based medicine. And um, you can check a lot of what I'm doing on uh, my Substack, Alexander COVID News, for free. But look, let's get straight to the point here. We are here because we have a problem with these vaccine mandates. What we're seeing is governments around the world have abused their power. They have taken power from their citizens. And no government that has taken power has ever relinquished it easily. We have to take it back from them legally, via the polls, and civilly. It is very important. When a government takes power, it maximally abuses the population. Historically, we see that. And you can never decide that you're gonna comply your way out of this. As you comply, for example, those vaccine passports, what people did not understand was by taking that vaccine and taking out that passport, you have subverted the rights that you had as privileges. They've become a privilege now. And governments, provincial governments in Canada, the federal government can turn your life off that is why Hodkinson, myself, Bridal, etc., we are fighting with the truckers because the trucker has 100% of the science on their side. This is the key. We are at this critical junction here where we have two key facts with these vaccines and the mandates. One, Omicron has, the virus has mutated to such a mild variant now in Omicron that it is less than a common cold and you are better off chancing this virus than taking the vaccine. The key issue here is the vaccine does not sterilize the virus. If a vaccine does not stop transmission, this is the key issue that all of this is turning on today. If a vaccine fails to stop transmission, then the vaccine is not working, and then a vaccine mandate is moot. There is no place for vaccine mandate. And we can argue that point scientifically. We have the esteemed Premier Peckford here, who's taken us to historically Canada and the founding. But this is a simple scientific medical fact. These vaccines have failed. It is done. COVID is done. Governments must understand it is time to lift the pandemic emergency, declare the emergency over, but critically, remove the emergency powers that they took and remove, remove the emergency declaration. There is no more need for it, period. Well, <clears throat> well said, uh, Doctor. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the, the use of these emergency powers that they're using, <clears throat> as I keep saying under the Charter, right? They have to do, e even if the Section 1 exception had applied, they need to provide new law and therefore go to the parliaments and have to debate it to the people's representatives. So from the pure science of it to the pure art of politics of it, yes. the governments have failed the people. Yes. Because they have not acknowledged the pure science of it all. They've only taken part of the science. And as far as the politics goes and the law goes and the jurisdiction goes and the jurisprudence goes, they have completely violated the existing rights and freedoms of Canadians under the Charter. And so on both fronts, uh, we as Canadians here today supporting the convoy are doing it on the basis of fundamental sound science and we're doing it on the basis of fundamental 
sound jurisprudence and justice. So these governments have no good legs to stand on. They're crumbling, they're on a, a house of sand. They're not on a house of rock. And we have to insist this so that the Canadian public, through the truckers and through what we have to say, understand that this is about our future as a democracy. Uh, our democracy will have failed if we fail to reestablish the Charter and reestablish science as a legitimate part of public policy of this nation. Well, you know, the thing is, I heard the Prime Minister these last couple of days and even Doug Ford, et cetera, saying that the way out of this is vaccine. Yes. And these people at the federal level and the provincial level, they are not contemporary with the science. Parkinson and myself are sitting down on fresh data from Scotland, UK, Israel, Denmark, all of the global nations that show us that the vaccinated person is getting infected massively, more so than the unvaccinated, and are ending up in a hospital and even dying. The vaccine does not stop transmission. So every conversation now must end. Yes. There is no reason for a mandate, period, yes. none. If it did stop transmission, we would have a difficult time supporting these truckers. Right. But the vaccine has failed. Right. And they don't seem to still understand that. So we need to educate the federal government's public health response people like Howard Noon and Theresa Tam. Yeah, there's no, no question about it. And then when you bring that to the provincial level, because most of the provinces are taking their right, signal from the federal government, yes. right, and what these federal health authorities are saying. And so there's a huge education here, as you say, because the prime minister of our, of our nation is still coming out and talking about everybody's got to be vaccinated when it doesn't work. It doesn't so work. We, we've got to, the, 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 you know, the, 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 yeah, I, the emperor has no clothes. So. Exactly, yeah. And the important point, these doctors, Dr. Bridal, Dr. Hopkinson, Dr. Alexander, they did a very respectful request to the health authorities and said, please, we want to do a panel. Please bring us the science that supports the mandates. If there's science, if there's data in support of the mandates, please bring it to the panel discussion. If you can't attend the panel in person, we'll provide a nice, safe video link for you to be able to attend. Just provide the data. The response of these top health authorities, Dr. Tam and company, was to ignore the letter, not even to respond to the letter, and then to turn their email systems off so that no one in Canada can email these three health authorities. They didn't show up at all. There is no data that supports the mandates. And Dr. Hopkinson, I think you had something to add to that. You were part of that panel. It was just unbelievable that they didn't even respond to the request. Well, and that's the standard practice uh, yes. uh, across the country. In legal cases that are going through right now, they're refusing to provide testimony and, and, and finding the most um, absurd reasons to do so. Um, the uh, medical officer, chief medical officer of health in Alberta, uh, this, the last time she was asked to produce the data, um, suddenly remembered that she had a three-day holiday planned. Right. <laughs> I mean, the transparency of this is obvious. But I would like to make one other point here, and that is um, COVID, to a large extent, could be thought of as a very fortunate event, because to right the ship 
to make sure that society becomes aware of the er erosion of freedoms, we needed to have a focus. It wouldn't be good enough to say all these little freedoms here have been taken away over so many years. That's rather boring. Instead, we have a focus now. COVID, the point of the spear, is sticking at us. And it took truckers, truckers, not at all educated in medicine or science, to realize in their guts that this was all wrong. Mm -hmm. And so now we have a focus to defend democracy, finally. Yes. Because it's a slippery slope. With, if we didn't do it now with COVID, it would be a few years from now, it would be even worse to tackle. But let us not forget that although we've essentially won this particular battle, we haven't won the war. We haven't won the war, and the war is going to be a 20 year slog, Chris. I believe it. Because wokeism is established in every institution, every multinational corporation in the C suite, in universities, in politics, in law, in the minds of judges. <laughs> Clearly, it's established. So we have to root wokeism out. And that's that's why it's so important that we seek out, encourage, and support people who are willing to get in that arena and get us back on the right path. Because if we don't do it now, if we don't start putting good men and women in leadership roles in our provinces and our countries, we are going to go through this again and again. The, the, the principal challenge, I think, Max, if I may call you that. Yeah, the, that's the, my name. <laughs> the, the premier in waiting. <laughs> prime Minister. Prime Minister. The Prime Minister in waiting. Um, the trick is to turn the spigot off at the universities. Because if you had to point your finger at one particular thing that has been destroying society from within, it's been the ability of universities to inculcate those values over a period of 20 years until finally we wake up one day and they're in control. Uh, last, sorry, last fall, I think it was, or it might have been two years ago, first when this started, and in writing my blog, I was getting more and more concerned about this whole wokeism thing at the universities. And so I decided to do uh, over a day to look at a couple of universities in Canada just to find out what was really going on. And I first looked at the University of British Columbia. Uh, the University of McGill, University of Toronto, University of UBC are sort of, sort of considered as the top three in the country right now, population, research dollars, blah, blah, blah. And so I looked at it. When I looked at the University of British Columbia, that was about a year and a half ago, they had 95 separate agreements with Communist China. Wow. Jeez. 95 separate agreements. One university in Canada. And that will give you an idea of just what the infiltration has been into our universities. Formal agreements with these, uh, with the communist Chinese. So, you know, wokeism is alive and well, and what is being perpetrated is, a, a, is an ideology, which is completely the opposite of democracy and parliamentary democracy. So what you have coming out of the universities, where people are sympathetic to a way Frederick Hayek, when he wrote his book, Road to Serfdom, right? He, he noticed this after the Second World War, where a lot of the intelligentsia were suddenly becoming very, very excited 
as they were at the turn of the century in the 1900s, the same way. They're excited about the new Soviet Union. They were very excited after the Second World War about all these new socialist countries that were growing up, okay? That's why he wrote The Road to Serfdom at the time. And uh, anybody who's not familiar with that, just go take a look at it because it's now, you know, almost everything in there is happening again today. So we have it repeating again. It repeats itself in history, right? Because democracy is still a minority governance system in the world. And so we really got to fight. This is fragile ground that we've got to defend, right? And so all the more important, so this is what's happening in Canada. If it's happening at UBC, we know what it's like at all the other universities proportionately. So this is a real fight, as, as the doctor said, not only to, 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 to get all of these mandates and emergency things removed, but to do what Maxime is doing through his parties to try to reestablish a democracy that's based upon real principles. But what you just said about universities, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I know a professor at one university in Calgary that uh, went to the board of that university and asked, we must do a study on the influence of China in Canada. And the answer from the, answer from the board was no. Why? Because that university received and are still receiving funding from the China, Chinese Chinese Communist Party. Absolutely. So we must, that must be illegal in our country. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think I think there are two key points, and again, to follow what uh, Premier Pepper said is very difficult. Um, to speak so eloquently, and to reiterate with Maxim, the problem here is Dr. Hodgkinson and myself, or even Brittle, we don't represent the only scientists and doctors in Canada or let's say in the United States, who are fighting this insane COVID response that has been flat wrong and failed for two years. We have hundreds and thousands of doctors that write us and scientists, academic scientists, daily. I have thousands of emails where they're telling me that our problem is, and they're very blunt with it, we lack the courage and the bravery that Hutchinson has that you have, that Brittle has, because we fear our research grants, our academic appointment, etc., will be cut. So they have remained silent following the money. And that, is, that has been a problem here. These scientists and doctors get a lot of research grant funding, and it is threatened if they speak out. So the fact that we are on the stage, we don't, they're saying that we want to speak. We believe you. When I was at the United States, CDC officials came to me and said, Paul, we know when Dr. Fauci comes on the stage and makes a statement, we know that the science behind him is contradictory to what he's saying. We know he's, he's inaccurate and he's incorrect. But we cannot say anything because we will be fired. And I want to say one more thing. For the last two years, the NDP, Liberal government, every single party here has failed to step up and wage the type of battle we needed. There's only one party, one, one leader that has stepped up and joined these truckers, and that is the PPC and Maxim Bernier. The Liberal Party, the NDP, they have failed. And it is very important that the truckers understand who is at their side and every opportunity these people take to bar Maxim from speaking and bar the PPC, it is flat wrong. 
because Maxim has been on the side of the truckers and on the side of the raw bread and butter blue collar Canadian. We need to recognize that and I say thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to endorse that completely. I joined Mr. Bernier's party a couple of years ago and my wife and I have campaigned ever since. And that's one thing we don't understand. Besides getting up every morning and saying unbelievable what's happening on the science side and on the political side generally, we got up every morning and say why isn't the PPC more strongly supported because they're saying all the things these people want them, you know. Yes. Their, their, their principles are there. He stood up. He's gotten arrested. Yes. He's, he's been in jail for Canada. This man has been in jail for Canada. And that's why I'm supporting him. And the more, we have alternatives. We have alternatives. And therefore, we must choose them. We must stand up strong. We must just must not say, this is not working, and the Conservative Party is all over the place. The NDP Party is in the pockets of the Liberals, and the Liberals are not working, and stop there. No, that's not enough for us to do anymore. We've got to say we have a choice, yes. and the choice is available to us, and we should take it now. And we have to get off the couch. We've got to get off the couch. And that, and <coughs> yeah, I, if I can just add one important point. On the federal level, I could see that we only have really one choice, right? Yes. One leader. On the provincial side, there are and there are people of all parties that are also standing up. Like I could say, for example, in Alberta, uh, Todd Lowen yeah. is an example of a hero who got kicked out of his party. Uh, there's Randy Hillier, in right? Ontario. Ontario. So we are interpartisan. Support anyone, anyone who's on the right side of history. Uh, that that is very important. It just happens on the federal level. There was no other choice. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to add. I want to thank you very much. And as you may know, the People's Party of Canada has been funded on four principles, and that's why we are fighting that fight right now: individual freedom, personal responsibility, fairness, and respect. And all our policies are in line and will always be in line with these principles. So that's why we are here and fighting with you guys. Thank you. Now, I'm gonna... Can I just say one thing? I just want to let you know that there is a party that it will be revealed this week called the Populist Party Ontario, which carries the same principles as the PPC, and the leader of that party is Randy Hillier. This wow. is an exclusive right here right now. That's uh, sooner the better. Yes, because there's an election coming here in Ontario. Yes. We, yes. we need a choice that's for freedom. Yes. Randy's been here all week. Yes. This guy's an absolute hero. Actually, for three weeks. I have to, so, yeah. now, I have to jump in and say I'm, I'm very, very impressed by Mr. Hillier and the work that he's done in supporting these truckers. I, I am amazed when I go out there. The truckers ask me, do you know Randy Hillier? Yeah. Do you speak to him? And of course, I, you know, I, I have come to learn and he's an excellent speaker. Yeah. It's a little bit like a medieval battle it where is. forces are appearing at erratic times and then along comes Randy with his tractors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Carries, carries the day. <laughs> any so, any I, leader? Any leader that's on the right side of history, we support. And yes. uh, Randy's been here for two and a half weeks doing just an amazing job. Standing with the truckers, standing behind the truckers, doing everything. Breakfast this morning, you know, yes. like again, sponsored by Randy Hillier. So uh, we're really, really blessed to have him here and, and many others, of course, Maxime, Maxime and Todd Lone was here and his, he drove his truck last week 
from Alberta came here as a trucker, and as an MLA, and as another hero. So there's lots of examples, just not nearly enough, but we're going to change that here over the next couple of years, bringing a tide of freedom-loving leaders. There's no, not I, one person that has broken with the mayor, the liberal government in, uh, in this city, Ottawa. I think it is our councillor, is it Chiarelli? And we had, we had a discussion with him recently, and uh, he's under attack by the... Uh, by the, uh, the councillors in Ottawa because he stood up and he said, look, something is very wrong here. Well, it's about time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this all together a little bit because I'm sure everybody's getting hungry. So there might be some people asking, why is this oil field worker turned burger flipper sitting in a room with men like this? And the answer is very simple. Because when I stood up last January and opened my restaurant against these restrictions, it was a feeling I had that I was able, I was able to reconcile that in my brain, listening to men like this speak about the science. I knew there was something wrong. And when I made that decision to stand up and, and go against what was going on, um, originally it was because I wanted to survive, but it, it changed. The stories poured in. I heard about how these restrictions were adversely affecting people and the, and the suffering and the pain that was happening. And that motivated me to go further. At one point I had a conversation with some authorities, one of being the chief of police in my area, and I told them that I will never back down from what I'm doing because I absolutely know that the science is behind this. The documents that protect us as citizens in our country are behind this, and I've spent the last year seeking out the truth in rooms like this with people like this. So if you're sitting there at home and you're wondering what, what, I feel like something's wrong, what do I do? You stand up and you do something now, you do it today. Because there are men like this and, and, and women like this that are ready to stand behind you. I mean, we have Mr. Peckford, his signature is on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and he's telling you that you're right to stand up for yourself. My elementary school teacher, early elementary school, they told me, Chris, you live in Canada, the freest country on earth. It's always going to be free. You're, you're a free person. It's the best country to live. And I believe that. And I'm going to stand up for that today. And if I have to go drive all over Canada and meet with more people like this and more groups like TVOF, Taking Back Our Freedoms, who are bringing these people together and unifying these voices in order to unify Canada, I will do that for the rest of my life. Because this is the one, the single most important thing that's happening in Canada, that's happened in Canada in the last 50 years. And we cannot, we cannot ignore it. He left, he drove, took his truck in Alberta and drove to British Columbia and to Vancouver Island to sit down with me and ask me, what is the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Tell me all about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I want to know. That's how serious this fellow is. <laughs> I am dead serious because I will have to look a judge in the eye very shortly here and explain my actions. And I am really looking forward to doing that because when I do that, I have the weight of these men behind me, backing me up with the science, Hallelujah. with the law, and I am going to do everything I can to blaze that trail if I ever get into court so that every one of you out there who are watching you who have a ticket or had your restaurant, you lost your restaurant, or your, your business was chained shut by an authority that had took authority that didn't belong to them, you can go and you can get remedy. That's my goal, to make some change here so that every person in Canada can get back to normal and we can start holding some people accountable. Yes. 
Amen. Chris does not want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Chris, Chris is the key reason, that one of the key reasons why this gentleman here is in Ottawa right now. So he didn't want the credit, and that's exactly why I love Chris so much. He's he's in the corner for Canada, and I just wanted to say thank you. I have to pass that thank you on. I'm not going to name him, but a man who I've become very good friends with. He's an immigrant to Canada. He came here in the 70s. He's a self-made man. He started a business, was successful, sold that. Did another business, successful, did that. And he's from a country that is completely encapsulated in rules right now. Rules upon rules upon rules. So that's why he's in Canada. And he's watching this stuff happen. And he can't really get out here and do these things because he's got some health issues. He's, he's no spring chicken. But he said to me, Chris, in a very strong accent, by the way, I can't get out there and be on the ground like you are. But you tell me what you need, and I'll make sure that you have the resources you need to do this. Yeah. And so that the thanks for making this happen goes great to him. So, and I know you're watching, and uh, thank you and your lovely wife very much. And I'm very excited to get home and enjoy a beer at your place with you and uh, talk to you about what happened in Ottawa yeah. Yeah. and some bison. Yes. Thank you. So I think that's all I have. I'm getting kind of fired up and I'm excited to actually get down there and see all the people who are coming down to Ottawa to stand with the truckers. Mr. Peckford said a little while ago, what someone said, what is it gonna take? What is it gonna take to get Canada fixed? And he said, we need 5,000 people at every legislature. We need people in the streets demanding, demanding their rights and freedoms back. And we have that now. So don't miss it. Be part of this, be part of history. The path, the path is there, all we have to do is walk it and not get distracted. And man, by saying something that is very important, the, the media is trying to put out the wrong message to the public. First of all, we were there on the stage yesterday and there were tens of thousands of people on that hill, but there were hundreds of thousands of people throughout Ottawa. I was shocked what has happened in the last two weeks. But very importantly, I want to end my own part here by saying, we have to give thanks to the police. The police are holding the line and are working with the population here and the truckers. And it's very, very important that we don't develop a friction between the population here and the police. It's very, these are good people. I support the blue. I want to say that here. I support the police. I support what they're doing. Uh, it's very important, Chris, just be to, before we close, <clears throat> for everyone listening, this is being live streamed. It is, yeah. Yes. Everyone listening, this isn't just Ottawa. This isn't just Canada. This is international. <clears throat> Canada is basically sealed right now at our request. The blockades of every crossing, boats in Halifax Harbour. We're about to encourage the truckers to do other things. It's like the game of whack-a-mole. You bang it down here and two more pop up. We've won this game, but it is national and Long. international. With convoys coming up from the States, with a convoy coming down from Alaska, not to mention the other countries in Europe and Australia where these similar demonstrations are going on. But we led the way. The truckers led the way. It's such a proud time for Canada, Premier Hector. Yes. Such a proud time for Canada. I'm so, I'm so encouraged by what I'm seeing because we are going to take back the fundamental values of democracy, mm -hmm. tradition, culture, religion that have been slowly whittled away. And now's our chance 
using COVID as the, as the reason to act. Now is our chance to take back the center. Anyone that plays chess or squash will know what I mean. Thank you. We do have to go. We have to get to the hill here. So thank you. Thanks for setting this up. Thank you very much for meeting with me. Um, I know it's not every day that a restaurant owner gets to meet with men like you, and I really, really appreciate it, and so do they. So thank, thank you, you everybody. Thank you. <clears throat> On behalf of this gentleman behind me, yeah. 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 on behalf of everybody here and all of those across Canada and the world who are watching, I want to say thank you for standing with us and standing up for us and reminding the other officers of their oath that they took to us. Well, I gotta say, that is a very tough act to follow. Because he mentioned that there's more important people or better speakers that need to speak and that I have to come up here, and I am arguably the least important person in this entire movement. I'm just a burger flipper. I'm just a guy that owns a restaurant who stood up for himself. So my message today is about social distancing. How many times have you heard that word over the last two years? I think those words were very significant because really what they were trying to make you think was that you needed to physically distance but they said social distance and social distancing is, a, is an entirely other thing when you're socially distanced you're separated from your friends and neighbors you're isolated you're made to feel alone when you speak out and you're made to feel alone it's scary because all you you wonder Am I crazy? Does anybody else feel this way? Am I all by myself over here in this little isolated bubble thinking something's wrong? My message to you today is if you're feeling like that, and I'm sure none of you are, <laughs> but for those that are watching that aren't here, if that's how you're feeling, you are not alone. And what we've seen over the last couple weeks here are men and women from all walks of life, right from the average business owners to the, the medical advisor to the White House, standing with the truckers. For the last two years, for the two years, it's, it's been building to this point. I've been thinking for the last year after I stood up that, man, we really need something that's gonna unite and ignite Canadians and get them to stand up together. I thought it might be the restaurants, then it might be the gyms, then it might be healthcare workers who are getting fired. Then it might be police and the military, and it never happened. In drives the trucks with their Jake Brakes of Barking. And that's what we needed to get Canadians out of their homes, onto the streets, looking around and seeing that they're not alone. We're not crazy. We are not crazy as Canadians to think that we should be free. And now, and now we have this monumental occasion where people from all over the world are coming together and brave men and women are sticking their necks out and they're speaking up and they're potentially losing their jobs or appointments or their income to speak up for you and I. You're going to hear from some of those men and women today. And I've had the pleasure of talking with these people for the last, I don't know, a few months or whatever. And I tell you, this is important. 
There's a man you're going to hear from in a few minutes here, actually. And he spent a lot of time in that building back there. Yes, they're heroes. These people who are standing with you are backing you. They're standing with the truckers. They're showing the science. The science supports the truckers. The law supports the truckers. We support the truckers. Canada supports the truckers. And the world supports the truckers. Now is the time that Canada gets to shine. Canadians get to shine. We get to stand up for one another. We get to speak for one another. We get to lead by example, doing things like this that we should have done the whole time. And if you still feel alone, if you still feel like you have to toe the line for the government, listen to the people who are about to speak because they're gonna give you the information all of the all of the backing you need to stand on your own two feet and say the science supports me as a free canadian the charter supports me as a free canadian and i am a free canadian so it's with great pleasure that i introduce to you a wonderful canadian an absolutely brilliant man which one <laughs> and a very good friend of mine I've had the privilege of sharing the stage with this man on uh, multiple occasions and uh, I am honored and humbled to introduce to you Dr. Roger Hodkinson Hello, Ottawa! Hello, Truckers! Hands up for freedom! We are unstoppable! Because we've already won! It's just that someone doesn't realize it yet! We've sealed this country, border crossings from coast to coast, a harbor blockaded, and more to come. Because you know what? Any of you with kids, you can never win at whack-a-mole. You press one down here and two pop up there. They've lost. Why am I here? I'm not really a pathologist, I'm a fraud. I'm actually just a pancake flipper. <laughs> and we have another one to introduce shortly too. No, you know my credentials, I'm not going to labor that. Um, what I am going to labor is things that you've heard before, but it bears repeating. You lot are the lab rats. That's not the way medicine works. It's never been done before. Introducing a vaccine that is unneeded, untested, killing people, and doesn't work. Does that sound like a failure to you? Yes! Testing, no testing should happen anywhere. I'm talking as a pathologist now, okay? With authority.
No testing should happen anywhere for any reason. None. The only place you should get tested is if you go to hospital and you've got symptoms that could be COVID. That's the only place where testing should take place. Because if you test everyone that's asymptomatic, you get so many false positives, it's ridiculous. And it causes contact tracing and businesses being shut down because there's no one to man the desk. That's what happens with asymptomatic testing. In previous rallies in Alberta, I've asked one question for the crowd to show how bad this situation is. How do we I want you all, after I've asked the question, to put up your hand if you think you qualify. Anyone here who knows of someone who has had a vaccination and short, shortly thereafter gets a serious problem like, no way, stop, which means a heart attack, a pulmonary embolus, or a stroke, not just a sore arm. Put up your hand. Okay, now look around, everyone. Look around. Look around at the number of arms that go up. Look at it. Does that look like a rare event to you? Very, very serious medical problems. There's a major kill going on right now. Aided and abetted by the very colleges that are supposed to protect you from me. That was their role. Instead of that, they've become co-conspirators in state-sanctioned murder. And that is unacceptable! Especially when our most precious asset, our children, are put on the line for something they don't need. They're being injected with stuff that can kill them, and that has to stop! So, enough of me. You've got to hear some more important people. And there's one man here that represents, he's a Canadian icon, a brave man. One of the first, maybe the, maybe the very first, to stand up and be counted and risk being kicked out of his party. A true Canadian patriot. We don't have enough of those. We've seen Max Bernier here and we've got Randy Hillier. Come up here, Randy. But he told me in, in the light up here that he doesn't go flip on principle. He's a man of principle! Woo! Randy Hillier! Thank you, Roger. Roger's been a pleasure getting to know you in, you know, this last two years. Been a little dark. Yeah. Been very dark. But there's been one great silver lining in that is all the wonderful, marvelous Canadians that we've met over this last two years. And Roger is one of those fellas. And yes, we were flipping pancakes this morning. I don't think there's many left over now, but it's much nicer flipping pancakes and flipping policies like Justin Trudeau and the boys behind yeah, us. Flipping a hell of a but we'll see. Seeing what has happened in Ottawa makes us all proud. Yeah. Makes us all to be proud of being Canadian once again. Yeah. Yeah. 
and three Canadians yeah. once again. And I was looking at what has happened over the last week, and I was contrasting that with what our politicians have been doing over the last two years. We've seen Justin Trudeau having our flags at half-mast. He's turned off our eternal flame of freedom on Parliament Hill. For two years, for two years, Justin Trudeau and our premiers have been wanting us to live in fear and danger. They wanted us to be ashamed of who we are as Canadians. That's what they've been doing, having our flags at half-mast. And then I thought to those brave veterans who saw an unlawful obstacle guarding, not guarding, preventing us from being at our cenotaph in War Memorial. And they took it down. They're real Canadians. They didn't wait for direction. They didn't wait for permission. They took down an unlawful obstacle for us to pay respects to their men and women of valor who fought in the past for our freedoms. So thank you, vets, and go up here every day and want to and say hello to them. Then I saw our blue-collar convoy of work trucks and construction workers, tradesmen, coming into Ottawa today. And then, and then I, the other night, when the police moved into Coots, Alberta, to, to take away that blockade, and the men and women of Canada stood tall, stood strong, linked arms, and they told, just by their posture, just by their faces, that the police weren't coming any farther. Yes. The police weren't coming any farther. And the police knew it. And I gotta say, it's so nice to see Mark here in the red surge, because there is a surge in Canada, a surge of freedom. Yeah. A surge of freedom is happening. Yes, sir. But I have to say, you know, when we saw the truckers mobilizing, getting ready to come to Ottawa, going great distances, and all Canada stood on the overpasses, waved their flags, and welcomed the truckers and the convoys they were coming to Ottawa. And there was a great outpouring of exuberance, of energy, of hope. And that's really what the truckers delivered to Ottawa. That convoy delivered hope, not just to Ottawa. They delivered hope to Canada. And they delivered hope to the world. Canadian truckers go the distance and we'll be with them that whole distance, they will not be going home until they take a load of freedom back to their families. Stay strong. Stand tall.
the surge of freedom is here and it can't be stopped. Yeah. Let's go get him. But in this surge of freedom, we've had a surge, a great surge of support. Where are you? From police. Many police are helping us. Military. Doctors. And I want to introduce another wonderful fellow that I met during that two years of darkness. Another wonderful fellow, a smart fellow. A fellow who has advised the White House on pandemics. A fellow who has, well, his credentials are impeccable. He's Dr. Paul Elias Alexander is here with us. So give a great welcome for Dr. Paul Alexander. Yeah. He's standing with us. He is part of the surge of freedom in our country and the world. Thank you. Let's give it up for the Canadian trucker. What they did not understand is that the trucker rules the world. Look, I have to start by saying thanks to the police. We cannot forget the great job the police did in a difficult position. We have to work with them. Let's give it up to the police. But you never heard it said to you before. We, Parkinson, myself, Riddle, Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, we work together daily to go through the science and understand it. We understand what happened here. We knew that in February 2020, that COVID was amenable to risk stratification. We told them to not lock the society down. We told them to use an age risk stratified approach, that we could use focused protection, that we could take care of the vulnerable in society, protect, double down, triple down, protect the vulnerable, take care of running in nursing home, take care of running your home, but do not lock the society down. Allow the low risk, middle-aged, young, infant persons in society to live largely unfettered lifestyles with no touch from the government. Leave them alone. And we would have been through this in two months, but they did not listen and they locked us down. And the federal government of Canada, the provincial government of Canada, under Doug Ford, killed Ontarians. People died because of Doug Ford's policies. They lie to you. They lie to you. I know the science. They lie with asymptomatic transmission. There is no such thing ever. They lie to you about recurrent infections. There is no such thing with COVID. We study the data. There is no such thing. They lie about the PCR test. The PCR test is a flawed test. There's a 95% false positive rate. All those people. All those children they took out of schools, all those people that closed businesses for the last two years, they were never infected. They were false positives. It was a lie. Yeah. Yeah. They 
they lied to you when they told you that this vaccine was better than your natural immunity. That is the biggest load of bull ever. There's no vaccine. No vaccine can supersede natural immunity. None ever. They lied to you. They lied to you when they told you that you were at equal risk of severe outcome. Never. How could 10-year-old Johnny be at the same risk of severe pathology as 85-year-old granny with three underlying medical conditions? They lied to you so you could lock down in fear and wait of these failed vaccines. They lied. Everything was a lie. Parkinson is correct. It was a lie. And today, they're trying to push on you a vaccine that has failed. We understand the data. Howard do? Theresa Tam, call Byron Brittle, call me, call Hawkinson, any day, any time. Let us school you on the data because the vaccine has failed. years to bring this vaccine to arm. They've got it in three to four months. We are vaccinating people with a vaccine that does not work. I need you to understand. I said I'm going to tell you something that you didn't hear told you before. You are being vaccinated with a vaccine that could not work. It is based on the initial strain of this virus of February, March 2020. We are in February of 2022. The Omicron, the Wuhan strain was born a year ago. The vaccine has failed and they know this, but they're still pushing this dangerous crap vaccine on you. Do not, do not under any condition, let them put this vaccine into your child's arm. You can kill your children with these vaccines. situation. They locked us down and we told them the lockdowns was killing people. They didn't listen. They responded by hardening the lockdowns. They locked us down harder. We told them children were committing suicide. They were hanging themselves. I know. I got the report from the states, the United States. Little six-year-old children were found in their parents' rooms hung. They were dead. They couldn't take it anymore. But people like Doug Ford, people like Trudeau didn't care. They have the most inept, incompetent, non-consequential public health people making policies. They have no idea what they're doing. They should be fired. Yeah! And, and we told them, do not touch our police. We said, do not touch the military. Do not put these vaccines in their arms. The police of Canada, the police of the military, I pray for them every night because I cannot say what their position will be in two years. The police, they have been misguided by the public service here. I pray for them. Let's pray for our police and military because we could have harmed them and I need them to understand it. Do not, do not under any condition take a booster from these vaccines. Anyway, I know I have a giant to follow. That's Premier Blackford. 
He is the last surviving member who signed the Charter of Rights and Freedom. And we want him up here because none of us here can deliver to you, you what you need to hear. So I want to part now by saying, long live the Canadian trucker! This is probably one of the greatest Canadians alive today, Premier Brian Bradford. You just heard the science, the science of medicine. I'm going to try to give you now the art of politics. Yes! First of all, I want to acknowledge Mahatma Gandhi. I want to acknowledge Nelson Mandela. I want to acknowledge Martin Luther King because they are all heroes in the fight for freedom, for individual rights and freedoms. Today, when I woke up this morning, Two things came in my mind as a way to fuse this issue to make it successful. And the two issues are, one, we still have not pursued all of our options in the courts. Two, how do we influence the courts? Because they have changed from the days when I was a premier to becoming more to agree with the latest Fed that's on the go. Well, let us be their latest Fed and let us influence them through the truckers so at the end of the day, they will restore our charter of rights and freedoms. Yes! This is a very, very important concept that Gandhi understood, that King understood very, very well. And it's the concept of civil disobedience which must influence our body politic and must influence our laws. That's what we're down to now. That's why the truckers and this gathering today and the many gatherings that will follow it are so important. We now have to depend upon the people. I had a campaign manager years ago who used to say, there's wisdom in the crowd. And now there's got to be super wisdom in the crowd because we must influence individually and collectively the government and the judiciary of this country to re-establish the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that we intended it to be in 1982. Don't forget that the Constitution is not a federal law. The Constitution is not a provincial law. The Constitution is not a little puny municipal bylaw. The Constitution is the supreme law of Canada. Nothing comes above the Constitution and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is a part of that Constitution. And your individual rights and freedoms are in that Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Section 2, freedom of expression, freedom of religion, 
freedom of conscience, freedom to associate, yes. freedom to assemble, yes. the right to move and travel anywhere in Canada or leave Canada, section six. Yes. I have a lawsuit out against the federal government because they won't let me travel across the country. They won't let me travel across my own land. And Section 7 says what? The right to life, liberty, and the security of the person. Security of the person means you don't put any jab in me unless I agree. Section 15, oh, the glorious Section 15. Every Canadian is equal under the law. Yeah. Yeah, baby. That's the Canadian in Prince Rupert. That's the Canadian in the Calum. That's the Canadian in Niagara. And that's the Canadian in Bonavista. We're all equal Canadians under the law. Yeah! looking at the Constitution as if it was just another bylaw or another program or another policy. They can't distinguish between the glue that keeps the country together versus a law which they can change any day of the week. They can't see the difference between a Constitution and an ordinary law. That's the problem they have. I'm going to have to bring them all back to school. Yeah! understand that the Constitution enshrines the permanent values, the permanent values of a nation. They're not to be changed by the whim of this parliament or that legislative assembly. They got it all wrong. I guess it's because we only changed the Constitution once since 1867 and that was in 1982. They don't seem to understand the difference. And when I explain it to people, that we're talking about something that's highly elevated, way above all of the other laws, they start to get it, they start to understand that we're talking about something completely different. That's why you're here today, that's where there's an unease in the country, because everybody knows there's something wrong, there's yeah. something rotten in the state of Denver, there's something not right with this country, and you have your rights and freedoms being dismissed with no it's science behind it, as Dr. Alexander will tell you, or Dr. Black 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 Black
My wife and I had a decision to make. We have been a part of all the traditional parties since we were teenagers, right? Like a lot of you people. There came a time when we couldn't look ourselves in the mirror anymore at any of the traditional parties. So we decided, consciously, knowing what we were doing, that we were going to break ranks with the traditional parties and become part of the People's Party of Canada. And we did that, and then we followed the leader around until we found him in a park in Maple Ridge, British Columbia, on the campaign trail, and introduced ourselves to him, and then organized in our city for him and his candidate. And I have not been disappointed one step of the way since that time. It's the only party and the only leader in Canada that stood up. He went to jail and you are on my behalf. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Woo! Therefore, I have a new leader. I have a new political leader. And I want to introduce him to you, Maxim Bernier. gentlemen, but we have something very important. There's a little boy missing. His name is Thomas, right? He's five years old, and I'm going to let his sister describe. Thomas, if you can hear my voice, uh, I want you to look up in the air and look for a Canadian flag and walk that way. And anybody out there, if you see a little boy, help him get to the stage. We'll get him back to his parents. So can you please describe what your brother's wearing? He's wearing a green, uh, neon green and black hat, and then he's got a Okay, so before we get going anymore, that's priority number one. We need to find this little boy and get him back to his family, okay? So, uh... We found him? You know, it just goes to show we're stronger together, aren't we? Yeah! Woohoo! I'm going to reintroduce uh, someone who's become a friend of mine. His name is Maxime Bernier, and I hear that he's doing something in politics. So I'm going to let him uh, explain to you. Hey, hello, everybody! Oh my God! It's a cold day. It's a nice day. It's a freedom day today. You are here today because you know it's not about how to fight a virus anymore. It's about the kind of society that we want to live. And is it a society where the government controls everything? No. Is it a society when you control your own life? Yes! Yes! It's a society when you are free, where you are free and responsible, when the government will respect you and respect our charter of rights, respect our freedoms, it's the kind of a society that we want. So, 
the question is, the question is, freedom over government control. We choose freedom. We choose freedom, the freedom to work where we want to, the freedom to go to church, the freedom to travel across our country without any vaccine passport, the freedom to be able to open our businesses when we want to, to stay at home if we want to. Yeah. The freedom, the freedom to be able to change things like we are doing right now today. And I'm so proud, I'm so proud to be a Canadian. And I want, yes, to thank our truckers and every one of you that are here today peacefully. And yes, we may not respect some regulations, but that's okay because all these regulations are unconstitutional and we have the right, we have the right to be here and stay here. Until we have an answer from them over there, these establishment authoritarian politicians, and the message is clear, enough is enough, we will go home, yes, we will go home, when you will respect our rights and freedom. Et j'aimerais remercier les camionneurs de partout à travers le Canada qui nous donnent espoir et qui font en sorte que nous allons retrouver nos droits et libertés parce que la question la plus importante, c'est pas comment faire pour vaincre un virus, c'est de faire en sorte de garder notre société comme on le veut avant COVID-19. Une société libre et démocratique, c'est ça la question et c'est pour ça qu'on est ici. Et le message pour M. Legault au Québec, le message pour tous les autres premiers ministres à travers le Canada et pour M. Trudeau, oui, nous allons rester ici jusqu'au moment où vous allez répondre à notre demande et la demande est les simples. Respecter nos droits et libertés, et après ça, on va retourner à la maison. Liberté, 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 liberté. Et nous gagnons la bataille pour reconquérir notre liberté. Parce que maintenant, la pression vient de partout. À l'intérieur du Canada, grâce à nos camionneurs et grâce à vous, 
à l'extérieur du Canada ou dans d'autres juridictions, ils ont laissé tomber leurs mandats et leurs obligations vaccinales. Et je vous dis, je vous dis, merci, merci de mon cœur, merci beaucoup, parce qu'avec vous, nous gagnons cette bataille-là. Et oui, et oui, nous allons retrouver notre, notre pays fier et libre. Et restez, restez forts et battez-vous toujours pour vos croyances. Et je l'ai toujours dit, la vérité va finir par triompher. Et là, la vérité triomphe. Les médecins ici nous ont dit la vérité sur le virus. Nous savons, nous savons qu'il n'y en a plus de pandémie. Et maintenant, on regarde nos libertés, une à une. Merci à vous tous. Liberté! I will end with that quote from John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy said that in 1962, in the long history of the world, only few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its maximum hour of danger. You are that generation.
Nice job there, guys. Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Is this where I'm supposed to say something? You can. Okay. Yeah, I'm Carrie. I'm also from the Whistle Stop Cafe, but I'm actually watching this. I have no idea who's even playing. Weird. So, I have to deal with a very important question first that many of you are asking, and that is, why is my hat on backwards? Well, my hat's on backwards because when it's on the right way, um, it blocks the light from shining on my face so nobody can actually tell that it's me and as most of you know um, I don't hide so here is my face in this excellent lighting also if you have a hard time hearing us it's because we're out for dinner <gasps> at a restaurant yeah with friends how is that even possible well, look, it's Jess and Gavin hi uh, they want to see more of Jess I'm not, but I'm not quite sure which. Hi, everybody. Okay. So, yes, that's why it might be a little bit difficult to hear us because we are out for supper. Now you're yelling. I have to yell so people can hear. Man, I just can't win with this chat. We're watching the game. We're watching the game. I'm not watching the game. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I did watch a little bit of the Super Bowl uh, halftime show, which was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blush. Okay. It was freaking awesome. They drove it. That guy. I think that was Batman. But anyway, they drove a freaking convoy of houses out onto the out onto the field. It was a convoy. Yeah. It was awesome. That's that's very very timely. Speaking of convoys, nothing to do with the convoy. Um, there's been people asking why we haven't had streams today, why it's been so um, dark from Ottawa, like there's nothing going on. The reason for that is because we've been very, very busy. Um, as you may have seen, I did a video with uh, Brian Pecker, uh, the former Premier of Newfoundland this morning, and Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, um, Roy Bayer was there from Taking Back Our Freedoms. Uh, Maxine Bernier was there. So that took quite a bit of time. And after that, we visited for a little bit and just kind of chatted amongst ourselves, had some breakfast, and went down to the stage of Parliament Hill. And at Parliament Hill, it wasn't quite as busy today as it has been because it's Sunday and it's Sunday. like minus everything. Thousand to one. Yeah, it's really, really cold. My nads were inside my body. It was that cold. Yeah, it's my nads. My nads 20 cold. Yes. Very, very cold. I like that. My nads. I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced anyway. So that's why we haven't had very many live streams today. Uh, after that, I had another meeting with um, uh, the doctors and get this, three doctors from Gatineau who are actually, they, they, they came to the table and they said, listen, we swore oaths as doctors. One of them was in the military, so he swore an oath to the Constitution and the people of Canada. And they said, we can't do it anymore. We just cannot push this narrative any longer. Um, we swore oaths and we're gonna stand up and speak out because we care about our patients. That's awesome. But I recorded that when I didn't live stream it because they asked that it was recorded um, and we edited it up and kind of cleaned it up later. So that's what we're doing. You're gonna do this and there'll be deep, deep voices. No, they're not hiding either. Oh, that's, yeah. that's They're gonna turn their hats around just like this 
so that everybody can see their face. Um, I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say that they're probably gonna be speaking on Parliament Hill in the next few days. And that's really what we need. That's absolutely what we need. We need more doctors and professionals to say, now kids plug your ears because I'm not pulling any punches here. Are you ready? Children, uh, parents, please cover your children's ears. We need more doctors to say to the CPSA or whichever governing body is in their province, fuck you. I, I didn't hear anything. Am I good now? I'm yes, good. you're good. And the reason I put it in such harsh terms, harsh term, harsh phrasing, is because the colleges of physicians and surgeons in our country is responsible, literally responsible, for people dying. It's a sad state of affairs. That's why I use that terminology, and I rarely ever, ever swear on these lives. But in this case, I hope that more doctors say just those words to their governing bodies, because the College of Physicians and Surgeons, they're there to protect us from doctors. They're not there to be the strong arm of the government forcing doctors to do what they want them to do. And that's what's happening. Right now in Canada, if you're a doctor and you want to uh, uh, promote early treatment for a patient, or you want to uh, um, actually consult with them and inform them to get proper consent regarding a medical treatment, you can't because the colleges tell you if you do that, you'll be investigated. That's right. Can you believe that? And they go so far as to exercise their authority over the doctors that keep us safe that they'll actually raid their offices and take their patient files and try and find something to persecute these doctors for. Does that sound like Canada to you? Uh, I was actually asking you, Karen. No, that doesn't sound like Canada. Not at all. Doesn't. He's mad at me because I swore on this live and now it's going to get flagged and taken down. But you know what? I honestly don't care. I'm a very polite guy. I'm usually very calm and very level-headed. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm looking around and I'm not seeing more doctors stand up even though the science is behind them and there's an entire country, there's an entire country standing up and waiting for those professionals to get behind them. We're not seeing it and now I'm starting to get angry. Because every day that goes by that these doctors don't stand up and speak out and hold their colleges accountable is another day that Canadians are dying or losing their jobs or not seeing their families, not flying on airplanes. I just had a conversation with a fellow today from Fort St. John. Uh, his nephew came out here with a friend for the convoy, his nephew is a liver transplant recipient. Marvel of modern medicine. They actually took a liver out of another human being and put it in this man and saved his life. He came out here to stand up for himself as a Canadian, started having liver problems. So he went to the hospital, in the Ottawa hospital, and they told him, we're gonna fly you out to BC so that you're by your transplant clinic with your doctor and you can get the care you need. Guess what? He's not flying to BC anymore because he's not vaccinated. That is some serious, hardcore bullshit if I have ever heard it. How is that about your health? Not allowing you to fly back to where you need to get your medical care because you don't have a vaccine that doesn't effing work. And yet, we don't have doctors screaming from the rooftops. Well, because they, they can't. Because they're scared of losing their paychecks. That's exactly what it is. The doctors that we saw today on stage, of course, it's 
and we've said this before, it seems to be the same ones, but it's because they're voicing for so many people. We've got Dr. Uh, Paul Alexander, uh, Dr. Roger Hodgkinson. Um, they're, they're speaking on behalf of thousands of doctors. And, thousands? And they've said that many, many times because anybody that's in the college um, is, is basically just, they're too afraid to even do anything. So I think having these three doctors, even from Gatineau, could That's start, a big deal. That could start the ball rolling. It could be almost like having, I don't know, maybe a couple or three or four MPs call out who And so they thing. should. Yeah, and, and maybe the House of Cards will tumble down. It, it's time. Like, Canada has stood up. They're speaking out. They're united and they're ignited and they want their freedoms back. They want to go back to a time where they can rely on their doctor to give them the best treatment possible and, and, and help them to be safe and healthy instead of pushing propaganda the government wants them to push. So what I want to say to any doctor who's on the fence about this, shit or get off the pot. Because people like me, we are going to remember the doctors who, who didn't stand up for us. And do you think that we're going to want to have those as our doctors? Those guys and women as our doctors? No, we're not. Because the truth will come out. The walls are going to they're going to come down. And do you really want to be left being that guy who said, oh, the only way through this is with this... What are they calling it now? Watermelon? Sure, that's called watermelon. The only way through this is to take a watermelon. That's it. Nothing else helps. Healthy choices don't help. Exercise doesn't help. Vitamin D doesn't help. There are no early treatments. You must... You must purchase what Justin Trudeau bought and also is benefiting financially from in order to be healthy. That's it. That's right. We will remember you. And in addition to that, it's going to go farther than that. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a public inquiry into this. This is the biggest thing to happen to Canada since... You're way older than me, so I don't know. Is there anything big like this? Uh, a hockey game. This is the biggest thing to happen to Canada since a hockey game. And there will be a public inquiry. At least if people like me have anything to say about it. And when that public inquiry is done, these people that perpetrated this and didn't stand up and didn't speak out and didn't fulfill their oaths as physicians and law enforcement and, and, and military, they're gonna be they're gonna have some explaining to do. I'm hoping people who actually watch the uh, Bright Light News live stream today of the, of the doctors and uh, the Honorable Brian Peckford talking today. That it was great. awesome. Uh, as far as I know, they it was live stream, so I actually was watching it too. And of course, because it's live, if you missed it, then you can't see it. But I believe they're archiving it, and then you can watch the, the show tomorrow. And uh, today was the first official day that they did it. And I advise everybody to go back and take a look at that. So I guess I'll have to pile a bunch of links and this and links, and that's what I do. And then uh, I'll post that, and then we'll uh, then you can spend a Monday instead of working. You can actually just uh, just just watch the or do it at work. Do it at work. Yeah. Get paid to do it. Yeah, I like that. My idea. my staff does that all the time. Yes, I know you do, staff. That's okay, I don't mind. So, some of you might be wondering, why is it important that I hear what Brian Peckford had to say? Or why is it important that I hear what Paul Alexander had to say? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the answer to that question. Tell me the answer to the question. The reason is because if you've been sitting at home 
or working or whatever, going through this last two years wondering if you've had this gut feeling like this something's not quite right, I don't feel like this is right as a Canadian to have to worry about not having my rights, but you haven't had the, you haven't felt like you have the, the support behind you to speak out, now you do. Now is the time. Because the entire country is standing up. There are millions of people every single day, especially on the weekends, there's millions of people standing up and speaking out. And there's, there's some of the greatest minds in the world are speaking out regarding the science. So if you are wondering, you know, does the science support uh, what the government wants? No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. And if you don't believe me, you can go back and you can look at what these fellows are saying. And it's not just one or two doctors, there's thousands. There are literally thousands of them that are saying the science does not support the path the government's trying to put us on. If you are wondering, you know, do I really have these rights in Canada or is it just our rights just kind of fluid because of the charter or of, of section one of the charter? Yes, you do have rights that can't be taken away. You are right, you are a free Canadian. You don't have to live like this. You, you still have your rights intact, you just have to hang on to them. And if you don't believe me, you can go and watch uh, the interviews I've done with Brian Peckford, the, the, the former Premier of Newfoundland, 1979-1989. His signature is on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. He spent 17 months deliberating with the other Premiers and uh, Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, designing that document to protect you, and you, and you. Yeah, I need protection. We all do. We all need protection from tyrannical government, especially in Canada. It is super important because in Canada, we don't have what the United States have. We don't have well-armed militias to prevent against tyrannical government. We have gatherings and our voices and Gavin. and Gavin to protect our rights and freedoms. But it all comes down to us. So if you've been wondering this whole time if uh, this doesn't feel like Canada and we, sh we should have these freedoms and rights and not have to ask permission from Alberta Health Services for them, you're right. And Brian Peckford, whose signature is on the document that guarantees your rights and freedoms, he says you're right. He says I'm right. And he's willing to put that on paper and go before a judge to say that. So you are not alone. And you're not crazy for feeling like this isn't the Canada it was meant to be. It's not. Now, I guess I did mention the convoy. Yes, you did mention the convoy. So let's talk about the convoy for a moment. What does the convoy mean? I've just said that the science supports your feelings that, hey, this isn't the right path because it's not working and we're continuing to push it. That's not the right path. Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity, right? I've told you that men like Brian Peckford, who had a hand in writing these documents, have, they're telling you that yes, you're, you do have these rights and you can stand up for them and he will back you in court. Now, bring in the truck. So what does it mean when thousands, tens of thousands of trucks take to the highway and descend on our nation's capital to Parliament, which means a place to speak, does it not? It does Parliament. Yes, it means to speak. This is where you speak. I'm sorry, Ottawa, that trucks are invading your city. I'm sorry that you may have to drive around a block to get somewhere. You live in the nation's capital where Parliament is, where we come to speak as Canadians. This is our capital. It's not just your city. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but uh, 
you know? That's kind of one of the drawbacks of living near Parliament. When we have something to say and the government's not listening, we come here. Did you because that's what the name of that house is. Parliament! Did you notice that any other time I've ever been here, there's been other protesters? They protest, what? you name it, like it's Aboriginal rights or they're protesting the water, they're protesting rain, I don't know. There hasn't been anybody else here. There's just been the truckers and it's been full of love. It has. It has been an amazing experience. And I think even the people that may have been coming here to protest for something else have said, screw this, I'm joining the truckers. They're well, having more fun and, and I'm learning more. The beautiful thing about this is it's bringing all those groups together. There was just a, a group of indigenous folks that were playing music on the stage yes. and they brought up the fact that there are still millions of uh, uh, native Canadians that don't have access to clean drinking water. That's an important thing. That's something Prime Minister Trudeau promised he was going to fix. And he won't do it. And it would be an easy fix, right? Just well, I don't know about... I don't well, know about throw money at it. No. Not, no, it's... not throw money? Oh. It is bigger than that. Okay. Don't ever let a politician fool you by saying that they're, they're just going to throw money at a problem and fix it. It's not money that fixes problems. It's people. And this is a great example of that. It is people that fix problems, not politicians. We've had problems in this country for 30 years, underlying problems that allowed the government to do what they did regarding COVID-19 and the pandemic, and, and do what they've done to Canadians. There's been problems, and the politicians haven't done jack shit to fix it. There's been some that spoke up, but none of them have done anything to fix it. It took truckers coming out here and blowing their air horns and, and, and singing the song of their people with their jake breaks yep. to get the attention that's needed to fix these problems. And now all these problems are in the spotlight. It is not just the, a problem that Alberta Health Services or your, your provincial health authority can take away your rights. We have bigger problems. We have parliamentary problems. We have political problems. We have tax problems. I just, I spoke to a lady who has a hotel here in Ottawa. She pays $56,000 a year in property tax. Ridiculous. I talked to a guy that owns an airline and it costs them $50,000 a month to have an airplane sit on the hangar because of insurance and government fees they have to pay. I talked to another guy who had a hand in the an airport in Northern Alberta. $100,000 a month to maintain federal um, certification so they could land certain kinds of aircraft. Does that sound like a country that's free to you? Everything you do, there's a fee associated with it. Some Everything. Everything. Some sort of fee or license or some way to, to do something. That's ridiculous. And so every point of your life, you work to pay a bureaucrat or a politician. And when the chips, when the chips fall, those politicians don't have your back. And they don't stand up and fix these problems that are happening. You know, you know who does do it? The truckers and average Canadians. Average Canadians. And these are people with something to lose. I have something to lose. Every day that I'm out here, I don't make money in my restaurant. It costs me money. Every day Kerry is here, he loses money with his business. All of these people, these potentially millions of people involved in this, they all have skin in the game and they are at risk of losing everything because of this. And yet they're the ones they're the ones that came down to this parliament where we speak our voice as Canadians and they're the ones that spoke.
for you and everybody in Canada. Ask, ask yourself, why would they do that if they even had the remote chance of thinking they were wrong? There's no reason. There's no rhyme or reason why anybody would do that. They, they absolutely wouldn't. You know, for me, last January was do or die. La uh, last month for the truckers was do or die. In Canada, it is do or die. And we're not just talking about our businesses and earning an income. We're talking about having a proper functioning democracy. How many, how many laws are you willing to let your government or your authority trample on or circumvent or abdicate in the pursuit of health? And if it's health today, it's climate tomorrow. There will always be something. So we have some very, very serious problems in this country that haven't been addressed by politicians. Luckily, we do have some people who actually want to be public service, servants and they want to get into politics because they understand that the only way this changes is if good men and women who actually want to serve their country and serve the people of Canada or serve the people of the province get in there and use their voices. That's what this has always been about, using your voice. It's not about dissolving parliament or overthrowing the government. It's about speaking your voice as a Canadian when your politicians won't do it for you. Speaking of which, what do you think is going to happen in the vote at Dallas Congress? I'm actually looking for the, the actual wording of the vote because they always have paragraphs or something like that. I can't find that. But I do, we do know that there is a vote happening about the House I think at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, I, I don't know the wording either, but the idea that we have is that the Conservative Caucus has called on Parliament to have a vote in the House about ending the mandates. And I don't know how that looks, if it's about ending the mandates over a period of six months, or ending the mandates tomorrow, or ending certain mandates and leaving some, I have no idea. I have no idea. But there is something significant happening in Parliament tomorrow. And and if anybody tells you that they were going to do it anyway, and it's not because of the truckers and millions of people across Canada standing up, tell them to give their head a shake. Nothing changes unless people speak up. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? That's, I say that all the time. Yes, and also the grinding gears in the transmission get the laughs. But all the time. They laughed at me a lot. Sorry about that transmission there, Craig. Sure we'll get it fixed. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. Put some WD-40 on it and clean it right up. Yeah, they're like a... Uh, should I say that? They're like a... They can take a pound of Yes. <laughs> Say it. Say I'm not, it, man. I'm not saying it. It's a kid's show. <laughs> However, if you want to know what I'm talking about, check out some Betty White quotes. That woman was absolutely amazing. Everybody's grandma. So lots of questions about uh, what's happening in Windsor. So the only the only videos we've really seen are probably the ones that are circulating. There's only a handful of them just going out and showing what's happening with the cops walking around and doing that. Honestly, we still don't really have some really good information. So if you do, please send a link to us and we will check it out and, uh, and validate it. Because that's the other thing too is if, if you've got a video where someone's running and the phone is like this, it's hard to tell exactly. Yeah, just like that. That's that's normally how Chris walks around on a Saturday night. Yes. But it's Sunday, so he's uh, sober as a... Church mouse. A church mouse. Is that how it goes? I, no. I, 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 
Um, and then, oh, okay. okay. Let me let me chime in on the Windsor thing. So yes. the Windsor thing was a big deal because it's blocking a border, right? Okay, so uh, the billionaires are sad because they're losing millions of dollars. Who freaking who? I don't really care. I've talked to people who've lost everything. I've talked to, talked to people whose uh, friends or relatives have actually taken their own lives because they've lost everything. And now the borders are blocked and there's some billionaires who aren't able to make their products and make more millions and they're all whining because, well, actually I shouldn't say whining because it's a legitimate concern. Their businesses are suffering because of this. They are being affected personally because of this. And I would encourage them, rather than saying to the police, oh, get rid of those truckers, just kick them out of there. How about they take a moment to think that those truckers that are standing up for themselves and blocking the borders, they're losing more than millions to them. These billionaires losing millions, whatever, water off a duck's back. A trucker losing his ability to drive his truck or her truck across the border and continue making a living, that is a big deal. That's what these people are standing up for. So maybe, just maybe, some of these billionaires should get some, uh, they should have their vo voices heard and say, hey, you know, maybe we should consider allowing these people to live as free Canadians and not demanding, pardon me, that they put something in their body to protect people from something that it doesn't protect them for and may also harm them. And yeah, maybe they should speak up for the truckers instead of against them. And, and again, one thing that everyone should be doing is contacting your MP and their MLA and voicing your opinion. There's email lists out there. I'm going to try and post something probably in the next hour and because supposedly the old list that was actually right on the Parliament website is mysteriously gone. Weird. But I've got a list, so I will post that. And you have a lot of lists. I'm a book of lists. And all you need to do is just uh, find your... My, is it going to be listed in terms of uh, writing? Are you, are you German? No, there's nothing to see here. I was just wondering if maybe you've got Schindler's in your answer. Schindler's. Why would you list? Schindler's list? No, not list. <laughs> oh, Schindler. list! Schindler is not that guy. I'm speechless. Next. I don't even know Next. what to say. We've, we've got a list. And but my question was is whether or not we'll have a list of writings, or if it's just going to be the list of your MP, so you actually have to do some homework and figure out who well, you're writing. Well, you should know who your MP is anyway. And yeah. you should know where his or her office is. Yeah. You should have open lines of communication to him or her, and you should use your voice with your MP, because that's what their job is. Your, your, your MP is not your leader. They're not your king, they're not your queen, neither is your prime minister. Um, those folks are there to represent you in the House of Commons, because in a democracy, everybody's voice is heard. But we can't fit 38 million people in, in Parliament. They just don't physically fit. We could try. We could like, push I, I, them in. I still don't think they would fit. They wouldn't fit, even if we I think it was only like, designed maybe when there was a few million people. Yeah, so anyway, it, people won't fit in there. So we we agreed to send Did one you person. Chipper? No. <laughs> <laughs> we send we send one person in to speak her voice for us. So instead of 176,000 people on the Red Deer riding, Blaine Calkins goes in. By the way, Blaine, you haven't responded to my text yet, and I know you're in Ottawa, and uh, you're my voice. So, so why 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 are you getting back to me? I'm very saddened. 
<laughs> Sad or upset? I give him a hard time, but I actually really do like Blake Hawkins. He's a good guy. I was, I'm, I'm really hoping to see him in Ottawa. Playing. I'll buy you pie. <laughs> at, at a restaurant that we can probably get into. Yeah, I know, I know what restaurants to go to. Just about any restaurant in Ottawa, because they've had enough, and they're not going to let the government destroy their business anymore. Sometimes I get too close to the camera. Yeah. That's almost creepy. It was actually at a weird meal. That's good. You, uh, you have to be angry. I'm not angry. angry. No. Yes, sir. No. No. No, I'm the calm, cool, and collected Albertan. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that. Okay. So, yes, uh, the blockades. Um, here's what I'll say about that. I think it would be nice if maybe uh, a little bit of traffic was allowed to flow. That would be good. Maybe I, think I don't know. That's what, that's what they're doing. That's what they were doing in Coops, but I'm not exactly sure what the process is. Uh, maybe when, we should go there. Should we when, go there? When and if, if and when we get there, we will, uh, get there. We will definitely get as close to the border as possible and uh, and talk to truckers, talk to the police and uh, RC. Is it RC? Is it local? I don't even know what it is. Here. It's our here. Well, here it seems to be just... Well, now there's RCMP as well. But yeah, it's uh, Ottawa Police Service and Parliamentary Police Service. And Durham Police, like Toronto Police, Toronto, London, London Police, yeah. Beirut. They got it from Beirut too? Oh, that's pretty cool. They're from everywhere. There's lots of police. Yeah, there's lots of... But I think, you know, maybe we should go down and see what's going on at Coos. I want to. We've been here for quite a while. Jess wants to go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's time So we're going to have a boat right now. So let's see, uh, we'll, we'll give it like 10 minutes. Let's see how many boats we get for Jess to go. Okay, I guess we have to go with Jess. She can't drive that truck. She cannot Actually, she can. Truck. Can she? Get this. When I was driving trucks in the oil field up in Wabastock, um, Jess used to come up and stay with me, and so I would I would maybe sneak back to town and pick her up, and she'd go on my runs with me. And Our, our favorite run was the sewage truck. Yeah. It's great. Good times, good times. It was awesome. I yeah. lots of corn. Lots of corn, it's yes. Corny. It's a corny, corny joke. <laughs> it's a shitty joke. Anyway, um, so yeah, I let her drive the truck and she did a great job. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. Also, sorry about that transmission too. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think she could actually drive that back? No. Okay. Yes. No. You I can't can reach the pedals. I can do anything. She probably could do anything. I didn't even know she could reach the steering wheel. Okay, so back to the boat. Um, please put in the comments, coots. Or Ottawa, Ottawa, or Windsor, Boots or Coops? I don't think yeah. Boots or Coops. I think what? Isn't that a song? Yeah. Boots or Coops? No, that's not. Keep boots on the ground in Ottawa or go to Coops? Yeah. It's also spelled different. Spelled. Yeah. Anyway, yes, um, we're really struggling with that decision because we've been here for well, three, we've almost got three weeks now. To bring more awareness in Ottawa, and you guys need to go. It just says you need to go. We need to so go. We just, we just need to go. We just yeah. need to go in general. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to go. You guys need to go. You can do here now. Like, turn off the live? Huh? I, was, lost I, was the looking, I was looking for uh, a condo the other day. Oh, you moved here? What? Yeah. 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 Oh, just because I figured, well, I could... Oh, a condo. Yeah. Makes way more sense. Yes, that does make more sense than your what you were thinking. Uh, 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 yeah. I was going to say 
pe people will miss us, and uh, and that's okay. You know what? We're still going to do this anyways, no matter where we are, because there's always there's there's a lot to do. There's lots of information to spell out and uh, process and um, drink. Yeah. Also, can you guys and girls do me a favor, please? Um, we used to have like eight, nine, ten thousand people on our live streams. This bugs Chris. It really does bug me because. laughing at me. The reason it bugged me is because we used to do a live stream and information would get out to a lot of people really fast. It was amazing. If we had a message or we wanted to show people something, boom, it was there. And then Facebook suspended me for three days, the second day into this trip because of a live stream that I did in November about a news article. I was basically reading the news on the live stream and discussing it and they said that I spread this information yeah. take me off Facebook something like that it was really weird and after we came back they had moved our our stream and notifications way down in the priorities and our live streams went from like eight or nine thousand ten thousand down to four or five hundred which was crazy so I want to try something please share this live right now on your, on your feed if you can if you have time whatever we're gonna have some completely useless and relevant information for the next 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Carrie's gonna talk too, so let's say 60 seconds. And uh, give you a chance to share. I wanna actually see if that number goes up when you share. I'm really interested to know. Okay. What are we talking about? Absolutely nothing. Can we drink about it? Drink what? Somebody dropped off one of those Heinken beer, Heinken pops. What is it called? I can't show the label. Heinken broken? What? That's a weird beer. <laughs> I wouldn't drink that. Well, maybe Jeez. I would. Harry, it's a kid's show. Sorry. Yeah, so we're really not talking about anything in particular. Yeah, that's right. Although, I guess I'll take this opportunity to tell you again. Uh, it's time. It's time to stand up for yourselves. It's time to stand up for your friends. It's time to stand up for your neighbors. And if we actually do this all together, because we're stronger together, there's the, the only path forward uh, with the un United Canada is freedom because those politicians they're not our kings and queens they don't work they don't they don't rule us they work for us they're public servants they are in servitude to you and I and we need to put them back in that place I cannot believe the unity that we've, we've seen in Ottawa across the country across the world after just this and to be ground zero at this will be something I know I'll remember forever. Me too. Yeah. At least until something new comes along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the next Olympics. You know, I, I have said that people have a attention span the length of a Facebook post, and that's just the world we live in right now. But this is different. This is this is something that people will be remembering. Where were you on? January 29th when we wheeled in. Where were you on February 2nd? Where were you on Valentine's Day? Of, uh, yeah, Valentine's Day. Tonight. Don't forget. Yeah. Don't forget. Oh, oh, to my sweetie. Yeah. Hi, baby. Yeah, yes. I don't even know where my flowers and all. All yeah. the gentlemen. Don't all, forget. All, yeah, that's it. You, you guys gotta buy some chocolates and, and flowers. And if that doesn't work, buy them the gift of shots. Where did those come from? They were just they were just pushed here. I don't know. Interesting. I'm just 
sounds very hospitable. Did somebody buy the deodorant? Are we no, they, she brought them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so that's enough of the irrelevant, useless rant. Let's get on to something important. Valentine's Day. We need to see. No, that is not nearly as important as what I'm about to discuss. And this is something that rarely gets any attention or media coverage these days. Packs of wild dogs. Packs? Like, like cigarette packages of dogs? No, like roving groups of dogs. Is that a thing? They're plaguing the city. There's got, there's got to be a story behind this. So tell us what's, what's going on. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen um, Talladega Nights? With uh, Ricky Bobby? Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was... I've never seen that. Will Ferrell kept interrupting to do public service announcements about packs of wild dogs. <laughs> That's, That's, That's not actually what's important right now. Although I'm sure it's an issue somewhere. Um, the really important thing is... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is not important. It's just another neo-commercialism holiday put together yes. to belittle people that don't have loves. And if you do... But you know what? Like, we, yeah, I'm not gonna go we love you every day of the year, so just whatever. Do you want to be loved one day or every day? Take your pick right now. All the days. All the days. There you go. So Valentine's Day is irrelevant. Anyway, back to what's important. What's important is the fact that this... What's happening in Ottawa is not getting the media coverage it deserves at all. I still get people messaging me asking me, what's going on in Ottawa? Is it terrifying there? Um, they, they think that this is like a war zone. And I, we see people dancing in the streets and hugging and literally singing. Dancing. Literally that I danced in the streets like and I don't even dance. Dancing like it's Valentine's Day. We're not Day. bringing just alive. Spreading love like it's Valentine's Day. That's what's going on in Ottawa. Yeah. And it's a huge problem that our media isn't reporting on it. Do you not think that, that would be an important thing to, to show Canadians? That there's millions of Canadians standing up, using their voice, and saying we're free men and women and we refuse to live this way? Is that not a significant event in Canadian history? The only time I've ever seen the mainstream media at the stage is when there's right at the beginning of the day when there's nobody there. And that's the only time. They're never there in the afternoon when there's any speeches. They're never there at night to show the party, the DJs, and all that. And granted, that's just kind of a, a morale booster. But the speeches are the meat and potatoes, and that's yeah. that's basically and what everyone should. Be to, to be fair, well, they could they could capture that from far away. They don't have to be right up there. No, you're right. And, and to be fair, with them not being here, uh, they've tried to come to a couple things, but been kicked out because nobody trusts them. They have lost the faith of, of Canadians. And we're, we've had enough. I've had enough of mainstream media um, putting a spin on me, making me look like I'm just some redneck idiot rebel who just wants to make a buck. Like if they had reported fairly and accurately on my story, I wouldn't feel the way I do with the media. With that said, I will do an interview. And I'm not part of the con, I mean, I drove in the convoy, but I'm not part of the convoy the group. group. Yes. I'm not a leader. I'm not anything. But I will do an interview with mainstream media. And I will record it as I do all my interviews. And we'll see how it goes. We'll see what they say. Because if they, if they give the opportunity for people to speak about what's going on here and they get that information out to the Canadian public who want to know, they legitimately want to know, I would be happy to do that. 
So uh, CTV or CBC, Global or City News or any of the other rags out there, um, if you want to talk to me, I will be happy to accommodate. Actually, no, you're going to be the one that accommodates and I'll tell you when I'm available. Oh, that's just, it's just the way it is. Honestly, it's not me trying to be rude. I'm kind of a scheduling basket case, so that's just how it ends up happening. Now, the other problem is there is still a small fringe minority of people out there who want the media to be right. They want to believe that what's going on here is violent. They want to believe that we're all a bunch of wackos. They want to believe that the doctors, the thousands of them across the world that are talking about this, are wrong. Why would they want that? I was reading. Sorry, I wasn't even paying attention to what you were saying. Sorry. <laughs> Why would the people... There, there's a group of people, the small fringe minority, yeah. who legitimately believe what the media is saying, and not only do they believe it, but they want to believe it. They want to believe that these doctors are just a bunch of wackos and they're wrong. They want to believe that they're on the right side. They refuse to accept that there may be another path well, that they're missing. Why well, is that? Well, just think, if you were indoctrinated growing up with uh, mainstream media right from day one, why would you not believe it? And then you come along to a situation like this and you're told, okay, you got to get the jab, you got to do this. You go out and you do it first thing. And then over the period of time, you find out that maybe you shouldn't have, or maybe there's some issues. I think you would go into a psychological block and say, well, that's not right, that's not what I was told, so everything has to be the way I was told. So there's a block. Yeah. There's a blockage. Yeah, definitely a blockage. Constipated. Definitely a blockage of, of Some of them actually look constipated, because when we're walking down the street, you can tell the people that really, really, really do not like me or any of us being here. Um, we say good morning or good afternoon and we get this. Sometimes. Like, seriously. Hey, good morning, how are you? It's freaking weird. It's just you that because everyone I say I do, I just go, Come on! No, they don't. Every single person. Whatever. But the issue is, is not the people that are on the street, it's the people that are That's stuck what I mean. in home. Too terrified to even open up their door to get the mail. Never mind to walk down to Parliament Hill and actually see what they're doing. They're terrified to That's get the mail. Like in the 50s, housewives used to invite the mailman in all the time. I think that's right. You yeah. be and the milkman. And the milkman. <laughs> Don't want to be a chef anymore, Gavin? You're going to be a milkman? Milk delivery man? Milkman. He's a milkman. So yes, it is something that's legitimate. People are scared and they really want to believe that we are all wrong and that everybody should be locked down. Now, what do we do about that? That's, that's the million dollar question. Just say, uh, I have an idea, but it's not exciting. Tell us, Chris. Lead by example. That is very true. Live your lives, do your thing. And people will and question, how is that guy going out to all these protests and being out with thousands of people and he's not dropping dead? Yeah, how are we not all sick? Or were we all sick? <coughs> <laughs> Did you just... You just let himself go? Jeez, Carol. Now here comes the pants shitting jokes again. No, okay, so yeah. 
the, the, these crowds are just insanity. Um, it took us two hours to walk through a crowd. And how far was that? Two blocks? Yeah. Yeah. It, they're insane. Like, it's like being in a sardine can for 18 blocks. With twice the smell. Yes. Oh. Only when Carrie's walking through. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're not all dropping dead. And yeah, some people got a runny nose. Some people got a cough. Maybe blow a booger which or two. Which is typical at this time of year. November through yeah. March. And we, we've all survived. And we have the time of our lives. And maybe some people had a runny nose. Is that really... Should we be stopping our lives for a runny nose? No. Uh, a couple of comments about the mayor of Ottawa saying that we took down the fence around the War Memorial and are now using it as a toilet. Well, let me tell you out there, we have toilets now. We have lots of them. And they're all full because now they won't come and empty them. But we're going to work on that. Mayor Jim Watson is... A dink. A dink. Jim W. is a dink. Yes. Yeah, the fence got taken down at the War Memorial. But it wasn't because people wanted to use it as a washer. It wasn't even because people wanted to be disrespectful. <laughs> people took down that fence. Veterans took down that fence. To have a ceremony at the War Memorial and then a prayer. Jim Watson, you lying piece of whatever's in those porta potties. Then they put the fence back up when they were done. And then they put the fence back up. These are the kinds of lies that are being fed to you by your public servants. Are you going to let them get away with that? And if you're somebody in Ottawa and, you, and you've been told to hate these protesters uh, because the mayor is telling you that people are throwing poop on the walls, he's lying to you and he's making you an asshole. Like, how dare somebody make me an asshole? If I'm going to be an asshole, I'll be an asshole on my own. I'm great at it. I don't need any help, Mayor Watson. Wait. That was counterproductive. My point is, you're being told what to think and how to feel about a group of people, and you're blindly following it, even though the attacks have gotten so low to include throwing poop on walls. Come on. Like, at least make up something that's plausible. It has been said that when people attack you, they project things that they would do onto you. So maybe Mayor Jim Watson is a poop thrower. You could very well be. I'd like to see that. You'd like to see that? Well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Maybe we could chase him around with a camera and, and see if he... Oh my goodness, I just had the, like, the craziest Family Guy episode run through my head where like Adam West is running behind buildings throwing his own poop and stuff. That's awesome. He was the mayor. He was the mayor. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. God bless Adam. So, this stuff is a problem. And it's not going to be fixed in at least the short term with politics. Um, so, how do we fix it? He's not listening again. People fix it. I understand. We get hundreds of thousands of people together in the same place. Their voices saying the same thing. Using their eyes, using their ears, hugging each other. That's how we fix it. People in the streets. Seeing it for yourself. That's the only way. And it's a lot of fun. 
Especially if we have a really big stage. A really big stage. We don't. No, we're gonna get a bigger stage. What? We're getting a bigger stage. So well, now we have to stay. If now Jim Watson says, you know, you guys, I don't even know how you guys got the stage in because you have to bring it in one girder at a time. That's a challenge. <laughs> we are gonna get so big that there is hold my beer. Yes, hold my hydrotrophin. There is no way that they won't be able to see what we're doing. Well, that's Maybe an interesting point. Someone should call Jim Watson out, aka the Dink. Yes. On his lines. Maybe people should start, you know, calling him out. The, the problem with, with trying to call them out is if you go on Twitter and you're looking at uh, the CTV guy, um, all he's doing is saying vague things, and everyone that's on board with that are just all over. Yeah, Maybe. this is. People should invite him out. He hasn't been invited. Here's the problem. Some of those virtue signaling, and I don't even want to say liberal because it's not even liberal. It's like, it's just lying. Those virtue signaling, lying, idiotic CTV reporters that maybe they don't speak for the whole organization, they're ruining it for everybody. And they're doing it at your expense and at the expense of a trusted at least what used to be a trusted institution. It's disgusting. It's appalling what's going on. And those those people take their names. Remember who they are. Because those people will go down in the annals of history as dirty rotten pieces of crap. We've talked about CBC, CTV, Global taking their once proud stickers off their uh, cameras and off their swag hats that they would usually wear. Now they come out and you don't know who they are because now they want to be more like independent media. Yeah, they and there was, be hidden away. there was even one at one of the areas where the trucks are staged at uh, Coventry and he was just no mask, just totally undercover. No mask, that's the telltale sign right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> undercover reporting for CTV News uh, because they're they're too embarrassed to show their lying faces uh, with, their, with their badges and decals on. That's sad. That's very sad. They've taken them off the car. Yeah, they have taken them off the cars. Anything off. I wonder if you could even buy a CTV hat. Oh my goodness. We need to buy some CTV hats and decals, dress up as CTV reporters, and go to CTV and pretend that we're reporting on CTV. <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. Shit, I just Come told on. everyone what we're doing. They'll be watching for us. What if they're watching? <laughs> they don't watch they don't the real watch. news. How <laughs> would they possibly do That's ah, silly. <sighs> anyway, I think that's all we got. Uh, we've probably embarrassed ourselves enough for, another, uh, for, for the night. There is the question about there was a kind of serious part, and I don't really know much about this, but Tamara supposedly issued a letter to the truckers. Do you know anything about that letter? So we don't, so we'll have to find that out and uh, and get back to you on that, because I know it was reported. Yeah, nothing. No, I got nothing. About it. Got nothing. Um, one question, so I did have a very serious question come in a little while ago um, from one of my top fans. Uh, his name's Nick Weidman. He's also a dink. Uh, one of one of my one of my stalkers from Stetler. Um, the guy is an actual. I, I think he might be. Uh, maybe he's a nice guy, but I think he's got some issues. 
Um, he had a question, and he said, Chris, what are you going to do about your turkey neck? <laughs> Inquiring minds do want to know, Chris. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm just... I think you need to be doing uh, crunches. No, uh, the only crunches I'm going to do are when I need to make room for more food. <laughs> I thought you were going to say crispy crunches. <laughs> no, crispy crunches, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I am doing absolutely nothing, nothing about my turkey neck. I don't mind it, and it, it, it actually kind of makes me happy. Being a little bit, you know, chunky like I am now, it's it's keeping me warm. The man bod. And it's very cold. The dad bod. Oh, this isn't a dad bod. This is like, you know, this is like Wait, a, you don't one. exercise at all and you eat too many chicken nuggets bod. That's what I got. I see that. But I don't care. I love you. I'm happy with myself. Yeah. yeah. Some people who aren't happy with themselves, they have to uh, pick on other people and try and find flaws so that they can feel better about themselves. Um, so I'm just, I'm fine with my turkey neck. As long as I know that I'm not a weak, pathetic, insignificant little man who has nothing better to do than stalk people on Facebook. No? I'm good. I don't need a bra. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Yes. I'm not the uh, pinnacle of health or have a stunning body like I used to. <laughs> I don't really care. Did you ever? Oh, I did. Oh, yeah, I used to be ripped. Yeah, I was Mr. Universe last year. Really? Just last year? It's been a tough year on you. Well, I found people respected me more when I didn't have a turkey neck. So I just... But it's, it's slipping. It's really slipping. Is that, is that it? What? God, I hope that's it. What? Why are you laughing at me? That's her hour. She's laughing at my turkey neck. This isn't... You're not nice. I'm getting old, okay? I'm 42 years old. Come on. I can't have, and I'm still 26. I can't have a body like Carrie. Yeah, that's true. Jeez. That's true. Are we done? I think so. I think we're done. That went very quickly, completely off the rails. As soon as we oh, get, and speaking as soon as of we rails. Get two minutes of just banter, then you know, then you know it's done. Yeah, speaking of rails. Um, if you want to insult me or have personal attacks on me. Feel free to make fun of my turkey neck. I don't care. Call me fat. Make fun of my glasses. Make fun of my sweaty forehead. But if you're going to go around telling people that I'm a, a drug addict or a thief or anything stupid like that, and you're going to do it on a public forum, I can guarantee you that I have significantly better lawyers than you do, and I'm not putting up with that crap anymore. You can pick on the things of me that merit picking on, like maybe my political views or things I say wrong or information that I don't get out correctly or the fact that maybe I slobber on myself when I talk a little bit, feel free. But don't you dare libel. I've had enough of that. I don't do that about you, you weak little puny insignificant man. So, so don't do that about me. You were actually talking about someone in particular. What? No, why? No, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, Nick W. <laughs> Also, he says he wants to fight me, but he's taking in a heart. I'll just block it with my tricky knife. That's right. Gobble, gobble! <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Okay. Yes, uh, and that actually, you know what, that goes for our side too. Uh, attack the things that people have, like their, 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 what they say and what they do. Um, if it's about our politicians, maybe attack the policy. But it doesn't really make any sense to actually lie about them or attack their turkey neck. Because 
it's not constructive. And we want to make some changes here. We want policy change. And uh, those kind of attacks just don't do it. Although they can be funny. They would be hilarious, but they'll not hilarious. Anyway, we're going to go because we apparently have some... Somebody brought some apple juice and some tiny little jars, little glasses here. And I love apple juice. And I think the bar is closed. It's closed? Oh, it's funny. They haven't said anything. I think they even brought us this apple juice. Yes. It's very nice, though. Uh, the restaurants and bars in Ottawa have been extremely hospitable. They're, they're, they're awesome. The people are wonderful. Uh, we haven't gone one place yet where we've actually felt unwelcome. Uh, people are risking fines and having their businesses closed in order to treat people like human beings. And I'm going to extend a big old thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. They know the mandates are wrong. And even though they can't openly say it, I think anyone that we've talked to has been totally, yeah, let's just get rid of the mandates. The, the science isn't there, and, or at least has changed, if you want to call it that. And let's just open up and get back to it. Yes. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's, let's do some apple juice shots like we used to do when we were normal. Yeah, let's get back to a place where we can go and have some chicken wings and beer with their friends and make fun of their turkey necks. In fun. It was in fun. Awesome. Not with not animosity. That's right. Although I probably encourage some animosity with what I say. Yes. Well, you know what? Sometimes I, I'm sorry if I don't always practice what I preach. I'm not perfect. Um, and I'm not even going to try because I'm so far from perfect that uh, I don't have enough years left to achieve that. So. However, I'll show you what's close to perfection. There's this Gavin. guy. There's Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> there you go. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for putting up with us yet again, and we will see you soon. Have a good night. There's, there's, there's uh, right. Over here. How come I can't oh, see my finger? By the way. Justin Trudeau's an Yeah.